Welcome to Focus Schools podcast, Leading for Impact. And this particular episode is from our category of every student every day. And my name is Brett Bishop, and I'm happy to be joined today by my good friend, Kathy Crum. How are you today, Kath? I'm really good. And I've really enjoyed these past two podcasts about this and looking forward to the learning in this third one. Yeah, and me too. And one of the reasons why we're so excited today is because Kathy and I are both former principals who um, really admire the work of strong principals. And we have another incredibly strong principal joining us today who happens to also now, after his principal work, has become a professor at Springfield College in their Department of Social Work. And we're excited to be joined by Dr. Anthony Hill. How are you today, Tony? Wonderful, wonderful. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're excited to have you. And we've been working in this three-part podcast series that is looking at promoting belonging and equity through school district and leadership through this really challenging time of the pandemic. And part three today, we're looking at, uh, we're entitling this Making a Difference in Spite of It All. And we want to try to keep pushing our thinking about during this incredibly challenging time where there's so many stresses on every day with things like students being out or teachers being out or one more thing that comes along with the pandemic, how can we still be leading and how can we still be pushing forward? So I wondered, Tony, if you could just lead us off talking a little bit about that and how would you suggest that leaders uh, think about their, how, their frustration or their feeling they're not making a difference? What do you suggest to them to try and combat that feeling? Well, one thing, I think we need to have awareness that, that this is hard. You know, uh, education was hard pre-pandemic, but education now, we have to acknowledge the difficulties. And, you know, this is probably a bad word that people don't want to hear anymore, but this issue of pivot, how we were able to pivot and uh, did a good job. But, but we still have to keep the main thing, the main thing, and make sure that we educate students. And so number one, acknowledge that we're living in unprecedented times. It's never been this hard before when you see the entire shutdown of the entire nation of school. So just thinking about the learning gap. But what I want to share with you is that what's in your control, and that's what you can operate in as opposed to everything and thinking about everything. Um, So we really don't compartmentalize well or multitask well. So really fine tuning and saying, what can I do? I'm trained, I'm equipped as an educator. What can I do? And, and, and one thing I would say of, of not making a difference, frustration, uh, anxiety is real, depression is real. So many indicator, negative indicators are happening. So the question, what can you do is, I just want you to just to go down memory lane. And I want you to think about why did you enter the field in the first place? And I want you to recapture that ability to make a difference, wanting to help someone, maybe had positive experiences and you wanted to replicate that and teach others. Or you may have negative experience and say, I don't want anyone else to go through what I've done, but, but really taking time to, to think about making a difference and how folks have made a difference. There's a saying, give people their flowers while they can smell them. So just thinking about the people that have made a difference and being able to have an attitude of gratitude of saying thank you. I think what also is important to to not get overwhelmed with frustration is to sometimes we could be perfectionistic as educators, that we hold ourselves to these unreasonable 
expectations. And when we do well, that's the baseline. That's what we expect. And I just want to just share the same level of love, care, compassion, flexibility, forgiveness that you give to others. Just pause. And I want you to give that to yourselves. So, so, so I, I think that's really impactful. Many times we hear all the bad stories of things that happen to the young people that we have the fortune to educate, but there are also some good stories. And, and let's not take those for granted, but let's realize that the impact, when you think about how students, you can look at students and you can say, oh my goodness, this student, I remember their family, I remember their situation, but then when they tap you, and they say, do you remember me? And you have to go down memory lane and, and then they tell you more and then you finally get it because sometimes you completely forget. But then when the light bulb comes on and you remember and it makes you really, really grateful and appreciative of your role because they surpassed all expectations. There's yeah. some students you think that will do uh, negatively and, and they do negatively, but there's some you think, oh, this... This, this student's really going to have a difficult time. And then lo and behold, they become a professor, you know, or they become a teacher or a lawyer or something along those lines. And then they stop you and say, I remember you. Thank you for what you've done. And many times you just thought you were doing your job. In order to, to, to not feel like you're making a difference, I want you to think about going down memory lane and remembering those folks that come to you, tap you on the shoulder and say, thank you. And don't take that for granted. That's very powerful. And that's why we do what we do is to make a difference. I'm thinking about um, some things that um, I try to do when I work with teams in schools, and that is to um, just help them also to celebrate the small wins all the time, because I think we get so mired down in the day-to-day. -day. In fact, we just had a session this morning, and um, the check-in was either share a small win or a big win that you've had over the last couple of weeks, and maybe even if you don't have one, share someone else's. Boy, the energy just, uh, just really went up, and I, I thought, as I looked around at first, they were kind of looking at me like, mm, okay, this is a really hard time of year. But then as people were beginning to think, um, there was a lot to share and I, I didn't give very much time for the activity and I had to actually extend it because people um, were talking and it just always to have processes in place in your classroom. And also when you're meeting with your staff to just to bring them back to, you know, what is going well? What is the good news? What are some wins that you're having? You, you are making a difference and here's, here's, the proof, you know, and as leaders to even tell people that I, I think about leaders who who've told me specific things that I do when you do that, that causes this to happen, you know, and um, I think those are really, really important things to do to help people see that they are making a difference each and every day, you know, to stop and reflect on that, not just from past things, but things that we're doing right, you know, during your regular school day. Thanks, Kathy, for sharing. And, and I could feel the energy from you telling that story. Yes, because. Yeah. You know, everyone is looking for the big wins. You know, mm -hmm. when, when you think about sports competition, there's only one champion. So you have these very great teams, but only one person. And, and instead of having an all or nothing, mm -hmm. really celebrating, as you said, the small wins, celebrating growth, celebrating progress, and the impact that that has on lives is tremendous. So not everyone, uh, we live in a culture now where everyone gets a trophy. So not everyone will win the trophy. Or win the championship, but my goodness, just 
knowledge of knowing from whence I've come and the growth and, and continually put one foot in front of the other, uh, those small wins making progress uh, uh, are really essential. And I think we need to surface that. It made me think when you were talking about one of the things that helped me so much learning about how to do principal work was understanding the way that teachers ritualize the strongest of actions in their classroom and how classrooms that function really well, one of the ways that they function so well is because of rituals and routines that are intentionally put into place, which gives structure that tends to put students in the position to succeed rather than fail. So the kid that, you know, doesn't know what they're supposed to do when they need to go to the bathroom gets in trouble when they walk out without asking, as opposed to somebody who's really, you know, sort of practiced this routine, taught the kids, and then the kids function in a way where there's less time to be interrupted, that kind of thing. And I've learned so much from people who have talked about how that's really how the, the school should operate as well. And the leaders of the school should think about how do I ritualize the actions that will most put most people in the position to succeed most likely most times. And one of the things that occurred to me was watching some of the best principal work I've ever seen was they ritualize things like uh, celebrations and recognizing the high quality work. And a story that got dawns on me, my coach, when I was a principal, told me about him being impacted so much by his co-principal when he was a principal, who did what they call the strategy she called the Friday Three. So every Friday before she would leave, one of the things she would do is she would write three handwritten thank you notes about something she'd seen that week of somebody in the organization as something that they'd done. And before, on her way out on Friday, she would drop them in mailboxes. And it, he was so... He, he was so taken by that because she was so hardworking. She works such long hours, but she took the time to handwrite something she had seen. And he told a story of a person, a longtime teacher retiring from the school. And when they when they left, they uh, you know went in to clean up the, the classroom and all that kind of stuff for the summer. And he found the drawer and every single note that that teacher had ever been given by that principal was under the desk blotter had been saved. And he thought this, this teacher, this impacted them so much because these handwritten notes were still here after all these years. And I think that that's the kind of thing that we're talking about in these difficult times, how important it is for us to, to be intentional about celebration, to be intentional about recognition and seeing both kids and adults in the lights that will help them to see their own abilities. Is there anything like that that you think, um, if we're helping the adults to keep their gas tanks full, anything that you would suggest that we send out to, to our the clients we work with, Tony? Well, thank you. Uh, that is a great example. And uh, immediately I was thinking of the book, The First Days of School, that really mm. talks about if you invest time early on, really looking at those rituals and routines and establishing that structure, it's going to save you time going forward. Yeah. So that was a great example of, of looking at that with, with adults. One, one thing I would say is a mindset of realizing that teachers are human, you know, so, so teachers are in this pandemic taking care of children, taking care of pets, uh, trying to work, uh, trying to be uh, remote instructors as well, and also taking care of their parents or, you know, so, mm -hmm. so a, a tremendous amount of stress. So this issue, I would say, of work-life balance, and, and you, you mentioned uh, uh, folks want to do well with their jobs, 
but but this issue of really taking time to cultivate self-care habits. And I'm not talking about spending a lot of money, but realizing what are those activities that will promote renewal? What are those activities that will promote rejuvenation? That doesn't cost a lot of time, but where I can start fresh so I'm not burning myself out. Unfortunately, we see in many professions, education or in my role of social work, people have great ideas, great intentions, good intentions, but the work overwhelms them and unfortunately do more harm than good. So you don't want to do that. So really looking at how do you fill your tank is realizing that this work, the job is essential, but how do you sort of incorporate balance in ways that you can be effective on your job, but also have things that replenish you, renew you, refresh you is very important. I always enjoy the schools and the um, districts that I work with and where they start each of their meetings or anytime they're together with, we said we were going to do this last time. How did, how did you do? What went well? What, you know, um, it just gives people an opportunity, as you said earlier, to think back, even if it's just to the last um, two weeks ago, grade level meeting or whatever, like, oh yeah, I did say I was going to do that. Hey, and I did it. Wow. For us just to take a minute and acknowledge what we have accomplished. So you can do that in groups and then schools and districts also, I think that are lucky enough to have any sort of coaching or peer coaching or PLC small groups where they're, where they're working together like that. I think you can really build those little success stories in as a person who gets coached myself. It doesn't take long for me to look back and say, this is the commitment that I made last time when I was coached. Oh, and I actually did it and I exceeded my expectations or, you know what? I actually bit off more than I can chew. And so this is what I learned by that, but that really does fill my tank anyway, to, to just be able to, to think about what I've done and, and helps me to realize, oh yeah, I guess I'm not just you know waffling around here. I really am making a difference. I'm really am doing what I said I was going to do. So I, I do think that those things can be just built into the culture of a school. Well, Kathy, what you're talking about is a culture of accountability. Mm-hmm. So instead of just going through these disparate actions, mm-hmm. we're going back. We're not just moving forward and doing this and just throwing things against the wall and see what sticks. But there's a plan, there are goals that, that we've established, and we're going back to check in. So, so, so I think that's very important. You also talked about coaching, and I think that's very valuable because I've been fortunate to have a great coach myself, and I tell you that you're not in it by yourself. Mm-hmm. You're not alone. So it's not judgmental. It's someone that could see you where you are, see your potential, see what your strengths are, but also see some areas where, that you need to work on and develop as well. So I think that coaching piece also can help fill your tank in that it's, it's targeted. It's not a one size fits all. And um, Kathy, I think you do a great job coaching in that, what are we working on today? And uh, let's think back to where we were last time. I heard you say this, and then how can I be most effective? So, so, so I, I think that coaching uh, aspect, again, not evaluative, not judgmental, but someone who can meet you right where you are. And then sometimes you're so close to it, like a deer in the headlights that you can't see, but having someone take notes, be consistent and be able to share with you 
where you are in your leadership development or on your education level and then sort of propel you forward is, is a very valuable way to, to, to fill one's professional gas tank. I think the, uh, the other thing that occurs to me is that there, the, the pandemic has put people in extraordinarily difficult situations. And sometimes that calls for extraordinary actions to you know, have people feel their emotions supported. And one of the things that strikes me is that the best work I've seen is often providing students with some, some way of seeing themselves differently and also adults. And one example I uh, saw that I admired so much was a school that they had students go to interview um, with on video with teachers. And the premise they gave the teachers was they were going to ask them some questions. They were kind of poll questions. But in actuality, what they were doing is they were going to, they were chosen specifically because the, the, te- the student want, wanted to say to that teacher, you're the teacher who's made a difference for me. And on that video, you see when the teacher thinks, oh, I'm going to answer these questions. And the student says, no, really what I'm here is they asked me to come talk to the teacher who really made a difference for me. And you made this different. You, you, you made me get out of bed. You made me different. And you watch the teachers on these videos just melt. Literally every one of them just tears in their eyes because this is a student telling them that you were the one that made a difference. And what was interesting to me in that story is that the, the, the teachers were so touched by that. They then asked for the opportunity to do the same thing. And so they got to pick a student that they would go to and on video say, you made me a better teacher. And you saw the same thing with the students. Students got just shocked and teary-eyed and taken aback because the teacher was saying, you know, the way you came to school every day when things were really hard or the way that you looked out for your little brother and your little sister, it was amazing to see what it did to the students. And I wondered watching that if that wasn't a lesson to us that these things are happening around us all the time. They're a resource that don't don't cost us money that we may be wasting because we're not taking advantage of some of these most powerful things that could actually help people during this incredibly challenging time recognize how important they are, how much they mean, how how they have a chance to make a difference, how they are a unique person that go into the world to, to build things. So I just I just think that that kind of thing is the work that I've watched both of you do repeatedly and you work with focus schools and in other places and, and I'm thankful to be on this podcast with both of you to do that. And I want to thank you for um, the time you spent here today. Hey, Brett, um, yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah. Before you sign off on that, though, I was thinking about <clears throat> these three podcasts um, and the learning I've had from Tony. And um, these are unique from our other podcasts in that what I feel like is that I would want to go back and listen again and even maybe use them in a group setting um, as a springboard for conversation. Because um, oftentimes I think we give strategies. We did give some strategies, but we give more teaching and learning type of strategies. And I think these are these are questions that require some <clears throat> some deeper thought and some more conversation. Um, but some big takeaways I've had, just the idea that small moments really do mean a lot. And so just the time you take to spend with a colleague or a student and really build a relationship, that's not just um, just a secondary thing that maybe is the thing. And then also um, thinking about school and just work as a healing space. You know, that's a, that's a huge paradigm shift, I think. And then finally making, for me, making any anything that you do can help people to feel like they've made a difference. So anything that you can build into the work that you're doing is really important. So I, I just wanted to kind of tie a little bow, but then just to say, I'm thinking as we're, as we're recording this, if I were using these, 
this would be one I would listen to in my car on the way to work. And then I would also bring it to school or bring it to the place and go, hey, let's let's talk about this. Let's talk about making our school a healing space or let's talk about how we make a difference. So that's just something I wanted to tie it up with. Yeah, thank you so much, Kathy. I appreciate it. And again, thank you so much, Tony, for your time given to helping us to reach out to uh, all the schools and districts that we work with and help them with the idea of how to surface and name the pressures of leadership and the work in district schools do with their time, time of the pandemic and the challenges that they face. So we really appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Tony. And we hope that the listeners will interact with Focus Schools in multiple ways, including perhaps reaching out to others through our social media sites, which you can find on our website at www.focusschools.com. We hope you'll like and follow and interact with other schools and learn what they're doing, but also share what you're doing. And we thank you for taking your time to listen to this podcast. And thank you on behalf of Focus Schools for all the work you do to help children to better their lives. 